Good evening, friends. Hi. Um, for those who I don't know yet, um, my name is Megan Williams, and I serve on staff at our uh, Trinity's Faith Mission Campus, which, as Marissa has said, is over in Northeast Gainesville, and I serve as the Circles Gainesville Coordinator. In addition to my role I, uh, with Faith Mission, I'm also a certified candidate for ordained ministry in the United Methodist Church, which is just a very long way of saying that I'm slowly, thanks for that, thank you, need that hype tonight, <laughs> very, still, we're still there, working towards becoming an ordained clergy person in the United Methodist Church. So it is just wonderful to be here together on this Wednesday evening, whether we're here in person or if we're online. Um, it is just, it is a beautiful, actually, evening. The storms came through, and it's kind of cool. So it is, it is good to be here. Um, but before we go any further into the message for this evening, uh, let's pray together. Holy God of mercy, love, and so much grace. Lord, we give you so many thanks for this day. We give thanks for you as Holy Spirit who knits us together in this room and across just incomprehensible space so that we can come together to worship you as the body of your church and as the body of Christ our God who hears us and loves us. We give thanks for the gift of Holy Scripture that invites us into an ongoing conversation and unites us with those who've come before us. Together, we seek to proclaim your triumphant and reconciling love. We pray all these things in your Son's most perfect name. Amen. So our scripture for this evening comes from the book of John, chapter 14, and it's verses 15 through 21. So hear now the word of God. If you love me, show it by doing what I've told you. I will talk to the Father, and he'll provide you another friend so that you will always have someone with you. This friend is the spirit of truth. The godless world can't take him in because, he doesn't, because it doesn't have eyes to see him and doesn't know what to look for. But you know him already because he has been staying with you and will even be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I'm coming back. In just a little while, while the world will no longer see me, but you're going to see me because I am alive and you're about to come alive. At that moment, you will know absolutely that I'm in my Father and you're in me and I'm in you. The person who knows my commandments and keeps them, that's who loves me. And the person who loves me will be loved by my Father and I will love him and make myself plain to him. The word of God for us, the people of God. And God's people say, thanks be to God. So, bless you. Um, I joke that I have what I call a Moulin Rouge theology. And so stay with me here. I'm glad you enjoyed that. <laughs> I'm glad that some, somebody remembers that movie at least. 
Um, and so if you don't remember that movie, or if you have never seen it, Moulin Rouge is an over-the-top, it's literally a glittering musical made by director Baz Luhrmann, and it stars Nicole Kidman and Ewan McGregor, and it came out in 2001. And 2001 and the years around it were my heyday. It was a great time to be Megan. If my mom was working, and only if she was working, because if she wasn't working, it wasn't going to happen, but my sisters and I could race home after the bus, like the bus would drop us off, we could race home, and if we, we could make it in time for MTV's TRL, okay? And if we were really lucky, then we would be able to watch the music video when it came on for the hit song from that, the music video from that movie, Lady Marmalade. Remember that one, that music video? Yep. That's a great one. So Moulin Rouge is a storyline when Sermon's not exactly about Moulin Rouge. Um, and I you know, I'm sorry. Um, and it has a storyline that's probably like pretty in line with some of our Old Testament stories, though. Um, and we, we won't really go into it right now. And um, it was just, but it was a fabulous, fabulous movie. Uh, very scandalous for a 14-year-old to really be able to love. Um, and it had a fabulous soundtrack that was full of lots of old songs that were remade, including Lady Marmalade, which, um, side note, that was actually a 1974 Patti LaBelle song. Many of y'all probably know that. But she swears that she had no idea the chorus lyrics because they're in French, and she had no idea what she was singing until after the song had become very big, and she was very horrified. And if you don't know that song, I'll let you listen to it on your own time because we're not going to sing it together because that would be wildly inappropriate. Um, but, but there is a song um, that has a line that is repeated multiple times throughout the movie and super dramatic scenes. And it's a, it is a line that is originally from a Nat King Cole song, Nature Boy. And I love this line because it helps me to frame my theological lens. The greatest thing you'll ever learn is just to love and be loved in return. Say it again. The greatest thing you'll ever learn is just to love and be loved in return. And what I love about this line, and I also really do love that movie, it is beautiful. <laughs> um, and why I joke that I do have a Moulin Rouge theology um, is because I think that that line just really encapsulates the core of God's great message to us. God is love. And we know God by knowing love. So shifting away from Moulin Rouge the movie and back into our scripture text, we read together that um, from John 14 that um, th this text that we read together comes from Jesus' last time that he was with the disciples on the night before he was crucified. And we together, as the body of Christ in the church, um, we remember this night uh, every year during Holy Week as Maundy Thursday or Holy Thursday. And this was his last time with his disciples. So Jesus really wanted to make sure that his beloved disciples received his really important take-home messages. Because these messages would need to sustain the disciples through the upcoming very soon trials. And, and the disciples would need to carry this message out into the world once Jesus was no longer physically with them. 
And our, our snippet of scripture that we have tonight is a snippet of their conversation together. And it's begun and it's concluded with Jesus telling his disciples to keep his commandments. In the first line of the scripture that we have this evening, verse 15, Jesus tells them, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And then our text is concluded by verse 21 with, whoever has my commandments and keeps them loves me. Whoever loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and reveal myself to them. So what commandments here is Jesus referring to? What is he instructing his followers to, to do in order that they can fulfill this and therefore honor God? It's really important that we know what commandments he's talking about here. Um, and because we as the readers are, are stepping into this scene that we have for Scripture tonight, that's, we're in the middle of a conversation. So we're going to back up just a little bit, and we're going to go back to John chapter 13, the chapter right before where we have this Scripture. Because it's here in chapter 13 that Jesus tells his disciples that he'll be betrayed by, by one of them shortly, and then he alludes to his death and tells them that he's about to go where they cannot come. But then Jesus tells them the next really crucial thing. He says, I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you, should al you also should love one another by this Everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So friends, from God's lips to our ears, love one another. God's commandments are filled by our acts of love, by receiving love, and be being transformed by that love. The greatest thing we'll ever learn is just to love and be loved in return. And I, I really like this delightfully convoluted way that a, a United Way, or a United Methodist, <laughs> it's doing a lot of faith stuff with United Way, <laughs> um, United Methodist pastor named Rob McCoy uses to help us think about the interconnected flow of God's love. He says, the relationship of you with me is embodied in the relationship we have with one another which is how we understand our relationship to God. So in other words, we cannot untangle ourselves from the web of God's love, and the realness of God's love is made tangible through our love. And at this point, I just want to acknowledge one of my deepest personal pet peeves, because it drives me nuts when people refer to um, love as being this cheesy, easy route and like some pathetic way to go. Um, because loving is not easy, y'all. Sometimes making the choice to move towards a loving orientation, a loving way of being, takes more strength than we think that we feel like we have. It's also important to note that turning to love does not mean harming oneself by returning to an unhealthy, an unsafe space or a, or a relationship, because loving ourselves just like God loves us, it's a crucial thread of God's beautifully tangled web of love. 
So when we lean into grace that we receive from God, it's like this pathway, I think, that God creates, the grace creates this pathway to love, and it's fortified by the strength of all of who God is. It is nothing weak. And of my little theological mantra here, um, the harder part for me is the part about receiving love, because it's vulnerable to receive love, to let somebody else really see you. However, the act of being on the vulnerable side of a relationship from God and from others is really crucial because it's how we can also be transformed more fully into the fullness of who God is. And that really includes self-love. And I think that because our God knows that loving is so hard and very much validates my pet peeve here, okay, that loving is not a weakness, but because God knows that loving is so hard, sandwiched in between Jesus' commandments to love, Jesus promises support in our holy endeavors. Jesus said, I will ask the Father and he'll send another companion who will be with you forever. This is the companion in uh, the, this companion is the spirit of truth. The translation that we're using tonight the, is the Common English Bible translation, and the choice of the word companion in the verse there communicates someone who is very emotionally close, someone you would sit and have a meal with. Companus is the Latin origin for our word companion, and it literally means someone that you eat bread with. Come with pan bread. So Holy Spirit is our great companion, the essence of God that so delights with us that she sits in with us in our most intimate and vulnerable moments. And the New Revised Standard Version, which is an, another translation of the Bible, because there's like a million translations of the Bible, and it's bonkers. Um, Bible translations is complicated work. But the New Revised Version um, phrases it, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. And the word advocate in this translation replaces companion in the translation that we're using, because the, the use, the intentional use of that word advocate here emphasizes the legal connotation that's in the original Greek word. So an advocate who's with us to be with us and defend us, basically. An advocate who's with us to defend us. And I think what works really beautifully about looking at these two translations like together and the way that they describe this is that the, the, the choice of the words that they strategically use to name the Holy Spirit as Jesus is describing to his disciples helps us to understand how God loves us and how God models for us to love one another. We sit with each other. We listen. We are listened to. We learn from. We are learned from. We advocate for we are advocated for, we love, we are loved. The greatest thing we'll ever learn is just to love and be loved in return. 
the Holy Spirit situates us and reorients us into a place of God's love so that we can be loved and we can receive that love, so that we can learn to love one another in a deep and true way that honors the fullness of who someone is, and so we can be honored in the fullness of who we are. Because we, we sit and we have bread with our companions, we are there in intimate moments and spaces, we can advocate for and with them in ways that bring justice and well-being. And conversely, because we are known by those who sit with us, we can trust them in the ways that they're going to advocate for us. In Circles Gainesville, um, we are at Faith Mission, our Faith Mission campus. Um, we're committed to doing this imperfectly. Circles Gainesville um, is an anti-poverty initiative and it's a community building initiative. And it is a secular program. We do not have a faith component of it. Um, but it is this very theological grounding that calls us to return to the table, literally to the table together, across race, across socioeconomic levels, week after week, month after month, year after year, to listen, to learn, to advocate, and to be committed to the thriving of us all. And because of the support of our church and the work that we get to do together, this is, this is stuff we can do, not just at Faith Mission. We do this here. Because I, I get to work with the Circles Gainesville ministry, but I get to receive and volunteer and participate with the children and the youth as a youth parent. And I have been delighted to see how these ministries excel in that Moulin Rouge theology. The community of youth and children and all the wise adult leaders have co-created a fabulous little space where all are welcomed and loved. All persons, children, youth, adults, can be their awkwardly little wonderful selves. And they can grow into the person that God has created them to be while basking in God's love radiated out to the people who are there. As we finish up tonight, friends, Jesus felt so strongly that our, about all of this, that our scripture is bookended with his commandments to his disciples to love with justice and with mercy, just as God has so loved us. How are we doing this? And to be a work in progress is a beautiful thing. To be a work in progress is to be a work in grace. So friends, Thank you for being here, and please remember, the greatest thing we'll ever learn is just to love and be loved in return. Amen.